Welcome to Inside Abode, ladies and gentlemen. How are y'all doing? I am your host, Dave Jones, and we have a special podcast for you today. As you know, it is Pride Month in June, but also in Tacoma, we celebrate Pride Month in July as well. So the best part about being in Tacoma is we get to celebrate Pride Month two months in a row, but honestly, it's every month for the for the most part. So I mean, like no different than any of these other months. It's like it's something that we should be uh, talking about and advocating for all 12 months. So anyway, that's just my thoughts on that. Um, I'm going to get straight into my guest today because we have a special guest who is the actually I'm going to let him introduce himself introduce himself and then also i'm going to let our other guests introduce themselves as well so i'm going to start with mrs rie how are you doing today i'm doing great thanks for having me and tell the tell the audience about yourself (laughs) what's that i said i'm so excited to have my buddy matthew today too it's like we're coming up on our year anniversary of meeting each other at pride yeah and then also tell tell us tell us about yourself. Yeah, so I'm an agent over at the Lakewood Abode Office. Um, we've been here a year now, so it's nice to feature Oasis and Matthew. Spoiler alert: We're talking about Oasis <laughs> when there are next door neighbors down the street. Yeah, yeah, over there in Lakewood. So our other guest here today is Matthew. Matthew, tell them about yourself. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Um, My name is Matthew Wilson. Uh, My pronouns are he, him, and I'm the executive director of Oasis Youth Center. And Morgan and I met at Pride and she helped me buy my first house. And so, uh, yay, Morgan, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, so she helped you buy your first house. Oh, you know what? And this isn't a question on the actual thing that we talked about, but I'm gonna go ahead and just go into this. So how was that experience? Because we had Spencer on the show and we did talk about buying a home. Um, and he shared some things with us about, like, we're just diving right in because it seems like we've been talking forever, but I know the people listening are like, damn, you just getting right to it. But <laughs> I will get back to the Oasis Center because Youth Center, because I think that that's obviously that's the reason why we're here, right? In terms of the home buying part, Morgan, you helped. How was that? Was that experience different in any way or was it just the same as any other situation? Um, I would say it's mostly the same. Um, I mean, you bought your house, what, six months ago now. Um, so we were starting, our market was just starting to heat up again when we bought the house. So we went through kind of the normal feelings of multiple offer situations and, but we went to some rural settings too, which was a little, which was a little different from where we normally, where I usually cover. How did it feel for you, Matthew? You know, once I settled on the fact that there is not a right time to buy a house, that there is never the perfect interest rate or the perfect house, that it's just when you need a house and when you're ready to make that leap, um, then I felt more comfortable and meeting Morgan that was say, hey, I'm going to be patient with you. I'm going to help you. that that really helped because I didn't want to feel pressured. And I also wanted to feel, um, make sure I could find a neighborhood that was um, supportive LGBTQ people, um, which is interesting because uh, I just found out that the North End of Tacoma, there's been 20 reports of 
um, stolen pride flags off of people's houses, including their poles. So this idea of safe is another <laughs> another idea that isn't true. Like you just have to find the place where you feel comfortable. I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that, uh, Matthew, because I and mentioned that the other day, and I just was just like, what? Like, what? I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But let's. We're going we're gonna to dive into that a little bit later on in the conversation. Um, and we talk about safe spaces, and the whole point of this is shaping safe spaces and the work that you're doing, Matthew. So tell us a little bit about the Oasis Center and, and your work there. Well, this is something I am always happy to talk about. Uh, Oasis started about 38 years ago in a church basement that was in response to, unfortunately, some of the same things we're dealing with today, which our family rejection, um, being expelled from their faiths, feeling isolated and bullied at school, um, and dealing with general, uh, just general health, um, the inequities that come with being queer and not having access or being treated fairly. And so, uh, we were part of the health department for most of the 90s and then the health department said we don't want to do this anymore and so we're like oh crap okay what are we going to do and the uh, PCAF which is formerly called Pierce County AIDS Foundations um, stepped up and they said we want Oasis and we know it's a valuable resource so they supported us and um, in 2013 we had a big milestone which was coming out in a public location so Oasis, the organization, had its own coming out process. Uh, there were, before you had to know somebody and do the secret knock. And <laughs> so now we have a place where people can walk up um, and join Oasis and learn more about it. Uh, That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, it just was in a time where everybody wanted a space that felt safer and for what that meant is not having a sign outside. And, you know, when you go into a building with a rainbow on it and a sign that says Oasis, you're kind of outing yourself. And so folks weren't ready to do that. Mm -hmm. I think in some ways it shows the progress that we've made by having a public location uh, in society and we have a long way to go, but that was a sign of progress. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the Oasis Center, are there age ranges that you serve or is it all across the board? Like, tell me a little bit more about who you serve. Yeah, so um, we believe uh, that youth that are queer should be valued as the strong creative leaders that they are. And we want to create a safer space for youth to learn, connect, and thrive. And so... In order to do that, we have a large age range. So uh, 11 to 14 has their own programming um, so that they can be in their age cohort, which is generally middle school or um, junior high. And then we do 14 to 24, so youth and young adults. And we want that coming together so people can provide some like mentoring opportunities and um, Everybody has a chance to grow, including the staff and the volunteers. So yeah, 11 to 24 is our age range. 
And how do people get connected with Oasis? How do the youth get involved? Are they walking through the door? Are there school counselors that are referring out? How does that work? Well, we do a lot of outreach. So uh, we send out information to school counselors. We do presentations. I go on a podcast maybe. And the... Um, and then we do social media, but what I think speaks highly of the program is the most common referral source is from a current youth. So youth are bringing their own friends saying, Hey, I've gotten something out of this space. It's a joyful space, a space to learn, um, and to meet new friends. And so that's actually our most common referral method is youth bringing in their peers. Um, and what does that intake look like? Because I know that, you know, there might be situations where the youth might not be out yet, like you mentioned, or is there like in terms of privacy? Because I remember because I used to work in um, the education and, you know, when you're dealing with people who have things happening and they don't want X to know or if there's something going on and it's a, another student or whatever, they don't want, they, there's fear of retaliation and things like that. So during that intake process, how do we keep um, our youth, you know, um, safe? And then what are the expectations on both sides of, for that? Yeah, um, that last part is a good question because when we do the intake process, we want them to know what they can expect from us and what we expect from them um, because this is a, you know, a joint effort. And the intake process usually takes about 30 minutes. Um, we are mobile, so we can meet folks at school, at a Starbucks, and go over the intake process if that is easier. But most often, they come during drop-in hours. And we have a, a questionnaire that asks questions about, like, why are you here? What do you want to accomplish? You know, the basic stuff of name and pronouns. And then we go over the community agreements so folks know that hey we want you to take care of yourself others and the space that you're in and that creates uh, a place where everyone's invested in each other themselves and taking mm -hmm. care of the center as well so yeah it takes about um, 30 minutes and we can find out like where are you in your life where are some ways that we might be able to help you uh, we do a lot of connection to therapy. That's one of our biggest services we offer. So if folks don't have insurance or know where to go to find a therapist, um, we, can, we can help with that. We also do advocacy where maybe things are tough at school and teachers and administration aren't listening. And we can intervene and go there and say, what's going on? How can we fix this? So... Um, we also have like workshops that happen as well at Oasis. So uh, we have one called Adulting 101 where folks learn about what you need to live on your own. And uh, we do yoga and art night. And every night kind of has like an educational, uh, like an educational component to it. And we go over that on the intake where folks can see like a calendar of typical events and then they can pick out stuff based on their interests that they share with us. Hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for breaking it down. That I, I know that for someone that's listening that may not 
you know, know where to start or when they walk in or whatever. And you mentioned you have drop-in hours. Um, are those like during the day, do they change from time to time or is it just like a set time? So we're after school hours and um, evenings, Thursday, Friday, yeah. and Saturday, we're 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. And um, folks can just come to our to our door if they want to do an intake. It's 2215 Pacific Avenue in Tacoma. And then on Wednesdays, we have uh, our Lakewood location that Morgan had mentioned, which is um, at St. Mary's Episcopal Church in Lakewood. And we're there 1.30 to 5.30 on Wednesdays. And that is a program that has been expanding. We had to put a pause on it because of COVID, but we're back and open and happy to be there. Uh, but, you know, give us a call, set up a time, or just walk in. Great. And so we know that, like, there's been a lot of violence, both in government policy and physical violence against transgender. Like, how does OASIS support transgender youth? Yeah, well, over 50% of our youth identify as transgender or non-binary, and we offer a lot of different supports. So one of the supports we talked about was therapy. The second is um, gender conforming clothes that, that will help them meet their needs. Um, we have emergency financial assistance to um, help them through a transition process and help them understand what the laws are and the resources are. For example, we just hosted a name change clinic um, where we had lawyers and volunteers help youth walk through the process of how to change a name. Um, if anyone's been married, they know there's a million places to change your last name. Um, so that is a, it's a big deal. Um, it's also, we youth told us that that was like one of the best days of their lives when they can finally have the name that uh, aligned with who they are. And so, um, uh, that was a really big day. We hadn't done a gender um, name change clinic before. We um, just help people. And there was a lot of demand for it. Mm. Yeah, you. so Morgan, you talked about going over to the Lakewood site. So I'm excited mm -hmm. to, because I, I, I just learned that. I didn't, I, wouldn't, I didn't realize the Lakewood site existed and it's right down the street from our office in Lakewood. So I'm really excited about that. Um, how long has that Lakewood um, location been open? I think we did it in October of 2019 and then oh, so, uh, paused for about two years um, and then been reopened. Okay. That's a tough time to open. <laughs> That's actually, I started my job in March 2020. So the first action I did was shut everything down. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh kind of like no. day yeah oh man that's <laughs> that's crazy that's crazy um so morgan mentioned the transgender piece and we we were talking before this podcast and we were all in Fircrest that night i didn't realize you were there matthew but um so for those listening in our little city of Fircrest, uh you know that we had a city council meeting to decide whether the pride flag was going to fly on the pole at the at the chambers at the is it what is that they call it the chambers 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it had already been flying, I believe, at the rec center, which is in kind of in the middle of like the town. But that was an interesting night. And tell me about your guys' experience. Um, first, Morgan, I'll start with you. Like, what were your thoughts on that night? Because I saw you there. Yeah, I wouldn't have known about it um, without Matthew. Him and I were grabbing happy hour that night. And I was like, what are you doing later? And he's like, well, let me tell you, I'm going to Fircrest City Council. And I was like, cool, let's carpool. We're going. (laughs) Um, But I mean, it was a beautiful thing to see. I think there were over 70 people that showed up and that is not a very large space. So it was like a very overwhelming presence of, you know, people and you know, rainbow gear and waving the flags every time somebody testified. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the more memorable pieces, I don't, I'm sure you guys remember it too, you know, at the very end, there was a youth who stood up and he testified. And that's really intimidating as an adult to do. Mm-hmm. I had never testified before that night and I was sweating bullets. I think I blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> during that, which I'm doing right now too. Um, but it, you know, he talked about that, you know, he goes to school, he has no choice in where he can go. He can't go to another state, another city that supports him. And it's like, I need you to support me, like seeing a symbol, like a flag. That's just a symbol, but it shows like there are people who care about me and this might be a safe space. And just, on a side note, I mean, I think a lot of clients when they're looking for houses, like they're looking for the flags in the neighborhood to know if they're welcome or not. Cause I can't tell them if it's a safe space, just fair housing wise. And so, I mean, that's a symbol of, am I going to be welcome here? And it was really beautiful for him to share and advocate for an entire city like that. That was beautiful. I agree. I agree. Well spoken. I was tripped. Uh, yeah, that was great. Matthew, what was your take on that? Cause, um, cause you're, I don't know if you're a resident of Fircrest, but I am. I'm a resident of Fircrest, and so I was there, obviously. But, like, what was your take on the night? Um, I was a little unsure where it was going to head. Um, sometimes these things are wonderful and beautiful, and other times they're very contentious. And mm-hmm. it was nice to see that um, everybody was pretty respectful of um, their opinions, and it was great to see that the majority of people that were there were to support it um having youth voice is so important we do trainings in the community uh, with businesses school nurses counselors administrators all sorts of folks whoever invites us in um we do these trainings and we bring youth to do a panel and consistently that is the thing that people say move them the most where you kind of see the needle moved of like um, opening their minds and hearts and yeah I see it all the time and it still blows me away every time yeah I I had the same take I was actually really proud of our little city that night Um, and it, it the reason why is because of the discourse I thought it was high level discourse and typically we don't get that like, so for example, because a lot of times it's bite-sized think pieces on social media, which is different than like actually having to articulate your thought in front of multiple people and stand on that, you know, say it with your chest. It's easy to do it on a keyboard 
Uh, but it's it's different when you have someone that has a maybe an opposing view and might help you see something differently when you're standing there right in front of them as opposed to just saying, well, it shouldn't be able to, like the military guys, the flag thing. Cool. Okay. I get it. Like, however, and we're in 2023 and things are different. And my point in that was, okay, so I find it ironic for one that pride and what everyone is here listening it what it stands for doesn't isn't part of the 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 america and the flag um and then the whole idea of nothing will ever be on the flagpole and da 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 it's like okay that's great i i respect that that's how you feel and that flag don't mean that to me so like if it wants to redeem itself for me having the pride flag up there would be cool having a black lives matter flag up there would be cool having an Asian, whatever other flag that that stands for unity and equity, I'm game for having it be right up underneath that flag and breaking that tradition and that white supremacist mold. I'm here for that. So that's how I feel on that. Because I know a lot of people who have that talking point and I'm like, it's the same talking point as Colin Kaepernick. It's the same white supremacist like stand in. It's just like, come on, man. Like, I don't know. And I, I have family in the military and feel that way. And and I'm not saying you can't feel proud about the flag. I'm just telling you my my feelings about that flag ain't the same. Yeah. That point was brought up numerous times, too, during the night. It's not representative of everybody, or at least that's not a lot of people's experience. And then the, the opposing thought to that might be like, well, I fought for that flag. It's like, yeah, so did black people, so did Asian people, so did so did gay people, so did the, you know what I mean? Like, so so then it should be like it should be, but that's not the way it is here. Like, so we gotta we gotta redeem that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like there's always a um, rebuttal to that to that stance um, because America has not lived up to its ideals, not even close. So we have to recognize well, I mean, that. Shout out to you and Morgan as allies showing up saying, hey, this is important. And you both did such an eloquent job of sharing your opinions and supporting the community. And that's why I'm happy to be be here talking with you all because uh, you're, you're doing the work, you're showing up. Yeah, it's it's interesting when people speak they're speaking from their perspective and their perspective is their reality, no matter what side of that, that situation people are on or even on a larger scale. And that's, a, and that's great. And I, I would hope that they would listen enough to, um, cause a lot of times when people are in opposition, it's like all these hypotheticals. So a lot of times I'll ask them like, why do you feel that way? How, how, how much have you experienced that situation? Whether it's, uh, transgender athletes or whatever. And most people say they haven't. And I'm like, that's interesting. You feel really strongly about that for something you've never experienced. I just feel like that's really fascinating. Uh, and like I had my kids across the street from the white nationalist that was in Fur Crest. This was another hubbub around the time when 16, 17, I don't know when it was, it was when Trump was in office and rallying up all the white supremacists. There was a person that was renting across the street from the school that was had a white supremacist flag up or white nationalist flag and they switched them out and they're doing this whole, the whole thing, you know, you could probably envision what it looked like. And I'm sorry, but my sons walk back home from school. I don't want them walking by that house. I don't feel safe because that flag does not 
stand for unity and it does not stand for equity and it does not stand for equality and it doesn't stand for anything but white supremacy and so which has a violent history it's not that's fact you know i'm not making this up and so i felt some kind of way about having my sons my black sons you know mixed race sons walking by that building every day or that house every day i didn't feel safe so I understand, like, in a real, real way, like, what it means to have that pride flag flying up there and really having people feel safe in the community. And so this whole ripping the flags down thing in North Tacoma, I'm sorry, but, like, what? I mean, don't you have something better to do with your time, for one, whoever that is? But... Yeah, it's... Anyway. I just, I just don't understand why there's so much time spent on such a small portion of the population like the <laughs> 1.3% of transgender people in the world in the like, like you said don't you have something better to do <laughs> I think we should uh, say right. that Furcrest did decide they were raising the flag just so it is it is and it was a great night like I felt like all points were heard I heard the points the opposing views um, I empathize even sometimes with them. Yes, we have to be the bigger person to empathize. Um, I'm willing to do that. And you know what? I just felt to make sure that everyone feels safe, I'm okay with uh, changing traditions. So, yeah. And so shout out to Furcrest. Um, let's get back to, uh, sorry, I went on a rant semi-rant and tangent there because I'm on Twitter every day and I have to see this stuff all the time and it's just like man I'm gonna go ahead and get my get my stuff off here so we I think well you talked about the name changes part didn't we already talk about the transgender youth name changes you talked about that um the project 13 program it sounds incredibly valuable for uh the LGBTQ community like, can you elaborate more on the Project 13 program and its impacts? Yeah, so it's been about eight years um, since we first started it. And it came out of a community need where youth were coming out at younger ages. And we were only serving youth at age 14 previously. But youth and families were calling us and saying, you know, just came out. I don't know what to do. And they're 11. And we're like, oh, we need to respond to this need. And so um, through our community action council, we started Project 13. And it's one of our most successful programs. It meets on Wednesdays. They're a part of a cohort. And it's about uh, learning how to be a good friend, um, how to be in a relationship that's consensual. And we're not talking about sex in that way we're talking about like hey can i give you a hug do you want to change like exchange numbers um do you want to hang out and how to respect people's boundaries and so yeah. uh, it's just learning learning a lot of things that you don't learn in school and if your parents aren't talking about it um, uh -huh. where are they getting it and so yeah they just get a chance to make friends learn about life um yeah yeah. A lot of that boundary, learning about boundaries. Yeah. We need an adult Morgan. class for that. 
<laughs> Morgan, you're talking about um, you're you you follow the political side of things on you know some of the anti LGBTQ bills and things of that nature. Do you have any questions for Matthew on that, or any thoughts around those? Um, I mean, how when youths are coming in? I mean, are these discussions? Are people having political discussions in there? Are there safe spaces to be able to talk about that? What does that look like at Oasis? I mean, I know that's got to be. I mean, the kid who's at at Furcrest talking about his experience in school. I mean, I feel like he's a good example of. You know, he's following the news. He knows he's not safe in certain spaces. So how do you address that when you're at Oasis? It's a tricky balance. So um, one of the things is a common thing we hear is your sexual orientation and your gender identity are the most boring parts about you when you're at Oasis. And so they want a place where they can step away from that part that gets sensationalized, criticized, um, they get bullied for. And at the same time, those things that are fueling the bullying and the isolation is what's going on at the new, in the news. So we do talk about it and we create a safe space to do that. And, mm. you know, this last year, there were more anti-LGBTQ bills proposed and passed than ever before. And we think, oh, well, we're in Washington. What does that matter? What it means is families are going to be moving here because they're looking for a state that's supportive. And also, you go outside of the I-5 corridor that you're not always in a supportive neighborhood. And these bills and this hate rhetoric is empowering people to be mean and hateful to a level that we haven't seen in a while and so having a space like oasis is is important yeah. kind of in reference to what you said about you know when you talk about locations you know outside of the i-5 corridor um not always feeling safe i mean i would say my least favorite part of my job is when clients who you know whether they're in the identify as queer or um they're anybody who's not white and they're asking me am i going to be safe i can't answer that because of fair housing regulations this isn't a you know a question of you know do i not feel safe because of who lives in the neighborhood are there black people in the neighborhood where it's like a steering issue this is a will i feel safe because of who i am not because of other people and that is really, really hard for me. And I think about that every time I visit a property. Like, I thought about that when we were in certain areas, Matthew. And that's why I'm like, you really need to be looking look into your neighborhoods. What are the flags out there? And, you know, I've had instances with clients. You know, you were, we were looking at properties with you alone a lot of the time. So if there's a ring camera, they're not always going to see if there's a partner involved. And they're not going to make assumptions. But, you know, when I... I had clients a couple months ago who were looking down in Thurston and we put in several offers and there was a point where you don't always know when there's a fair housing violation. It's not always blatant. There's not always a listening agent on the other end saying, hey, this is why we're not accepting your offer. But sometimes there's a feeling and you just, it was a mm -hmm. gut 
feeling. And, you know, we had to have some of those difficult conversations of, well, should we put both of you on the contract or do we take one person off the contract and add it later so the seller isn't making an assumption about you? And that's a really crummy conversation to have with somebody, but that's that's also part of the reality at the same time. So I find it very difficult not to, if I feel some sort of way about a neighborhood, not give my two cents on it. If I think it's not going to be safe for you know, the queer community, that's hard. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's so important too that like, I know that, you know, in the role that I am, that I'm a queer and I'm also a white leader. And I have to remind folks that LGBTQ crosses all intersections of um, faith, race, ability, veteran status. So it's important that we talk about those things because uh, I think sometimes the mainstream media thinks of it as like a white, white is queer. And they don't remember that this is one of those identities that crosses through every, every section. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no, that's, that's a very good point. Um, because I see that, you know, I see it and feel it in terms of what that looks like in mainstream media and each culture within its culture. So whether it's the black culture, the Asian culture, Hispanic culture has their own baggage to deal with in terms of how they deal with um, the LGBTQ community and how they, in the relationship with the LGBT community. So like there's, um, there's so many layers to this and then you add in patriarchy. Um, so, I mean, it, it's just so layered and that's why I think they, it's really a difficult one to navigate because one, it, it goes against not, not mine, but like for people who oppose, it's different and anything different from folks that they resist a lot of times. Uh, and it's just, it's just, they try to make a complex thing really easy to talk about, which it's not. It's so layered and nuanced. So, and not every person feels, you know, not every LGBT person is the same. Not everyone carries, like, just like every black person ain't an activist, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so it's it's just a really, really fascinating one. So I'm glad you brought that up about the mainstream media, uh, because I have a feeling this next year, especially with this election cycle, we kind of already see where things are going. They're not coming off these these talking points. So it's going to be guns and LGBT. Um, so let's get ready for it and start having more layered, nuanced conversations and not just talking points from political parties, no matter what side that talking point comes from. Yeah. I think, you know, this is my job, so I'm going to take a moment to pluck. Uh, yes, we are always looking for volunteers with different identities, different professions, um, so that youth can see themselves as successful, that they can see themselves in uh, long-term relationships that, you know, we've had, we have volunteers that have been married or married and been together for 50 years and youth will be like, wow, I never thought that I could live that long or I never thought I could be a lawyer or, and so, uh, 
if you are interested in volunteering, we're not just looking for queer volunteers. We're looking for um, allies as well. And so, yeah, talk to us. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm really excited to, you know, abode at pride we you know we have our booth every every year at least the last couple years since we've uh been doing it we're gonna collect donations for oasis center this year um by means of raffling off some really snazzy baskets can't plug all the places that are going to be sponsoring the baskets but we had some really nice ones from like brown winery um i think we had one from like the athletics last year we had some good ones um, I think the popular one was the pet basket. <laughs> All people are were stoked about that, but it's going to go to Oasis this year. Um, and how else are you raising funds uh, week after Pride, Matthew? You definitely didn't practice this. Um, so um, we have an annual fundraiser. I call it Tacoma's quickest fundraiser. It is on Saturday, July 15th from 11 to 1. Uh, we have some amazing uh, two drag queens that host and folks come out for a delicious brunch. It's going to be at the Point Rustin Silver Cloud. And we are, we'll have some great prizes. You'll get to learn more about Oasis, hear from some youth. Um, yeah, and just connect with new people. So tickets are on sale now brunchtickets.org we would love for you to go purchase a ticket um, come have fun with us you know we get a lot of support from different forms of government and government doesn't like to pay for the fun stuff like the food that you need or a prize or the bus that's going to take us on a fund or not a fundraiser field trip and uh, that's what the fundraiser does is help for help for those things that keep us running. Yeah. Yep. That's really cool. Um, so again, that what's the website again? Is it brunch? Brunchtickets.org. Brunchtickets.org. So you can go there and grab your tickets uh, for the event. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else uh, on the last? So Morgan, do you have anything else for it? No, I'm just excited for that event. Excited. It's got a fun yep. theme. What's the theme, Matthew? It's mm. Olympus this year. Yeah. yeah. Greek mythology. Um, it'll be fun. Folks can decorate their tables. Their, they can come in costume. Uh, last year it was Broadway. So we had a great um, great turnout of people in different um, themes of Broadway shows. And folks were really excited about doing Olympus, about the importance of storytelling. And yeah. And also, uh, the week before that is Pride. So if you haven't been to Tacoma Pride, um, that is, oh my gosh, a blanking. Is that the 8th? I believe. I believe so, yeah. 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 So that would be downtown Tacoma, kind of around um, 9th. Fireman's Park. On Pacific. Yeah, Fireman's Park. Uh, So we'll be there. Uh, Abode will have their booth. We'd love to meet you. Yep. It's about to be up. It's about to go down. We're about to have all kinds of... It's, it's big. It's only grown every single time. Like, last year's Pride, it was huge. Like, gigantic. Um, well done. You know, like, I think it was a fun event, and we've we've gone down. I mean, I saw some old pictures. You know how those memories come up on your phone? Mm-hmm. Like, we had some from, like, 
18 and 19 because we've always been just trying to make sure that we made it down there and represented and showed out. Um, Matthew, do you have any other other things, any lasting or things that you want people to know about Oasis? How they We've already talked about how they can volunteer, uh, but if they wanted to reach out or what else you got? Yeah, I think um, just like the importance of talking about the issues of what's going on politically, uh, right. you can be an ally also by talking about resources in the community because you never know who's listening and who needs to hear it. So uh, talk about the issues, talk about the resources. That's a, that's a great way to support. Um, sometimes we get questions about, oh, I think my, this student, my student is queer, or I think my son or daughter is queer, and they don't know how to approach it. And I'm like, well, are you talking about it? Because uh, if you open that door, uh, you'll see who walks through it. And so it's the invitation to be um, open and welcoming and warm. Yeah. Well, I have one more segment that we didn't talk about, and it's called Hot Take. Are y'all ready for Hot Take? So this is a, se- a section or a segment where I ask you an either-or question. You just have to pick one. It's really that simple. Okay. Are y'all ready? I'm ready. Okay. So we'll go in order. So I'll have, um, so Morgan, you'll answer first, and then Matthew will answer first. All right. Here we go. I'll start with a, with an easy one. Summer or winter? Summer. Hands down. Okay. Easy. Matthew? Yeah, summer for me as well. I need the daylight. Not winter, folks, huh? Okay, okay. All right. How about this one, Morgan? Coffee or gum? Coffee. You can only have one for the rest of your life. No more gum for Coffee. Us. Nobody's choosing gum. Nobody's choosing gum. <laughs> well, here's the thing. <laughs> I like gum for me. What? Not a big... Yeah. I need oh, a gum. <laughs> oh. Like between iced tea and gum, then it's a little more difficult. Ooh, okay, we split on that one. All right, so Morgan, Taco Tuesday or Pizza Friday? Taco Tuesday. Mm, okay, uh-huh. Matthew? Uh, I'm going to go pizza. Maybe Ooh, pizza, pizza Friday. Hot takes are on these things. <laughs> Who? I hot takes. <laughs> oh, you have pizza. <laughs> All right, so this one, this one's oh, actually, okay. How about this one, Morgan? Ice cream or gelato? Oh. That's a tough one. I'm going to say if it's the re- if it's real gelato, I would go gelato all the way. That's the okay. good stuff. Yeah. When I studied abroad, I bought gelato once or twice a day for three months. I could have probably traveled to another country, but I spent it on gelato. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to do. Uh, Matthew, what do you got? Yeah, same one for me. Hey, look, you're done one. Okay, there, we're good. We're good. We're good. Hey, All right. La- flip it back. Is it ice cream or gelato? Oh, you want ice cream? Gel- oh, gelato. For sure. Okay. For sure. Gelato, for sure. My hot takes, I do hot takes every day on Twitter. Like, I'm always sharing my whatever weird opinion on whatever. All right, last one. I know my answer for this one. 
drag wedding or a regular wedding? Morgan, have you ever been to a drag wedding? I haven't. That sounds fun. Oh, you're missing out. I think I want to go to a drag wedding now, so I'm gonna, <laughs> I mean, sounds like a party. Oh man, I feel like if I say what I need to say, I'm gonna have my gay card taken away. I have not been to a drag wedding. <laughs> but I want to go. I love dragging. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Shout out. Shout out to the divas. So I went. So when Shavi and Kim got uh, married, I still say to this day that was my favorite wedding of all time. Like it was, uh, it it was amazing, and um, it was just the most fun wedding I have ever been to. Uh, Dragon Sea like did it up like it was dope like never been to a wedding like that ever in my life and never have seen anything close to it um shout out to Jesus. divas so divas yeah. please post some pictures now i want to see oh man <laughs> it was a while ago <laughs> but but we we had fun that was it i still i never will forget that that was fun um, all right, so Matthew, how do people get in touch with you if you if they need to reach out or have maybe there's a youth that they have someone that they care about or whatever? How do they get get in touch with you? Yeah, um, we're on all the social media platforms: uh, Instagram, Oasis Youth Center, um, Facebook, same thing, Facebook.com/slash Oasis Youth Center. Um, our website, OasisYouthCenter.org. We try to make it real easy for you. Um, uh, give us a call, send us an email. Um, there's a contact form at the bottom of the page. Uh, don't judge us because our website's under construction right now. So <laughs> it's looking a little rough, but you could still reach us on there. Cool. Well, we'll have all that uh, linked down in the bottom in the comments. Uh, and Morgan, how do they get in touch with you if they want to know more about Oasis, how they can help, how they get in touch with you, buy a house, any of the, all of the above? You can find me on the Lakewood Abode website. Start there. Find me on Instagram, uh, Morgan Rie Realtor, um, on Facebook as well. Yeah. Cool. Or listen to this cool. podcast, which you're already doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, if you made it this far and talk, to hear us talk about our hot, random ass hot takes. Uh, thank you for sticking around and thank you for listening. And again, if you have anyone um, that needs the services of the Oasis Youth Center, uh, please reach out and, you know, get in touch with somebody at the center or Matthew himself. With that, happy Pride Month, June and July for us Tacoma folks. Do you know, do you guys know why it moved to uh, July? Well, why did it move uh, to yeah, July? It must have, like, not have Pride on, like, every city's Pride on the same day. And so, okay. like, Van last time I checked, Vancouver or BC's Pride is, like, in August. So it, they're all kind of spaced out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's really so, cool. We're like, Shout right. out to Yelm. They're having their first Pride this year. I've been following that for oh, the last really? few months. Yelm's having their first. Show up to yeah. Yelm's this year. You know what's crazy about all of this is there's there's people everywhere. It doesn't matter it's a, if it's a rural town, if it's not whatever. Like We, we have this idea that um, the dissenting view is the only, like it, it's in, there's people everywhere. Um, you know, there's people, there's allies everywhere. There's people everywhere that care. So, you know, a, a, a city or whatever might get a bad rep because maybe, yes, they might be, the louder voices might be uh, those other voices. But 
there are many people out there that do want a safe space for everyone to live and have equal opportunities. It's really that simple. And be um, repair the wrongs that have been done. It's really that simple. Like it's, we make it so complex, you know? So anyway, sorry. Back off my soapbox and rant. All right. Well, thank y'all. Thank y'all for coming on. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, Inside a Boat is done. Uh, tune in next week for another episode. Thank you for listening in. And with that, we're out of here. Peace. All right. <laughs>